You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. A.K.A. DJ Butter and Jelly. <laughs> like just regular butter, not even peanut butter. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. And you're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s and the early 2000s, and uh, we rip them apart, and we throw them back in your face, and you have to accept it. 1995's Batman Forever. Oh, my God. That's where we're going, dude. This is the uh, action-adventure fantasy comic book adaptation from Joel Schumacher. Can we talk about the title, Batman Forever? Uh, so, I this title has been uh, a point of contention for us because... <laughs> it's tearing us apart. <laughs> it really is. It's tearing us apart, Lisa. Lisa. Anyway, um, I think this movie should have been called Batman and Robin. And yeah. the next one should have been Batman and Robin go to poop town and take a giant poop on this movie. Yeah, Batman Forever makes no sense in any context. And what's strange is it, so it was Batman, Batman Returns, and then Batman Forever. Even the stupid ones like Batman v Superman, Donna Just, like, it, it, it's as convoluted and dumb as it sounds. Batman Forever makes literally no sense. I don't understand. There's no element of like, yeah, the Batman's going to live forever. Or like, he'll always be here. There's nothing to the title. They just like, they were like, uh, uh, forever. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's kind of how the filmmakers approach this movie almost to, to some extent, because this is coming off of the heels of Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, actually. I love Danny DeVito's Penguin. It's just a weird, creepy, dark fantasy uh, film. And Warner Brothers kind of forced, once they decided they were going to do another one, because Batman Returns made significantly less money than its predecessor, they decided the next film in the franchise was going to be decidedly lighter in tone. They wanted a campier vibe, similar to like the 1960s Batman uh, television series. And this movie, spoiler alert, it's not a great movie, but... I think if I were to pick one thing that this movie got right, it was the tone of the movie. That was probably my biggest upside to this movie, which was it was dark like a Batman movie is supposed to be and kind of had that like edginess that Tim Burton had brought in the first two. But it also brought back a little bit more campiness that you would expect from Adam West or yeah, yeah, yeah. from the comic books. For so. sure. No, it's a consistent tone through and through. I will agree with that. Mm-hmm. Don't agree with the tone decision or almost anything uh, else in this film. True. Uh, let's get into it, though. It's got a 5.4 on IMDb, a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. This thing cost $100 million to make, which is, in 95 was an expensive goddamn movie. Yeah. But it paid off. It made $336 million worldwide. Um, I think it made 180 something in the in the U.S. wound up becoming the second highest grossing film of 95 by behind Toy Story, and was a huge success. Like, was nominated for a few Oscars. Uh, the soundtrack for this movie, similar to Space Jam, was a fucking, like, blockbuster. People yeah. loved this soundtrack. It had Kiss from a Rose, from Seal, a little U2, a whole bunch on there. That doesn't surprise me that this movie did so well in the box office, because when you look at who's actually in this movie, it's a lot of people who are at kind of, like, their peak of stardom. You got Tommy Lee Jones, you have... Uh, Jim Carrey, Val Kilmer, Chris O'Donnell, do oh, don't even mention his name, dude. No. Chris O'Donnell, hair on the back oh of my, my neck. Just <laughs> We've got things to say about oh, Chris O'Donnell, shit. but I am going to go on record saying that Dick Grayson, or better known as Robin, has officially made 
our tournament of terrible male protagonists. <laughs> he's in the lead in mine. If I'm doing the brackets, <laughs> dude, he's in the lead. Yeah, he's your number one seed, Holy huh? shit. Dude, well, so speaking of box office, actually, this is what's crazy. Just to put this in perspective, in 1995, this movie broke Jurassic Park's record for the highest opening weekend gross of all time. Guess how much it made in just two days? Two hundred million? Yeah, exactly. Right. That's what you oh think. No, no, that's what you'd think. Fifty-two oh. million. Wait, what? Today, movies are making two hundred million in their like opening weekend, and it is insane to me. But back then, fifty-two million in two days was a fucking like that yeah, was unheard that's a of. Ton of mo- ton of money back in the nineties. But um, I, I want to ask really quick before we dive into this, and this isn't going to be our typical. Uh, plot by plot thing because there's just too much going on in this movie yeah there's too much going on i feel like it's a popular enough movie that people probably remember a lot of the bigger plot points anyway uh we'll we'll gloss over some of our favorites or maybe some of the really important things but yeah it's a worthless pile of shit anyway but it is but before we get into it i want to ask you um before we watched it the other day uh what were your thoughts on batman forever Dude, Batman Forever, when I remembered watching it, it was another a VHS favorite of mine as a kid. Uh, it was one of the movies, I think one of the first PG-13 movies I was actually allowed to watch because there's really not much in it except for some innuendo and like stylized violence or whatnot. Yeah. But it was 95, so I must have been like four or five when I when we wound up getting this actually on VHS. And yeah, dude, I, I love this movie. Like this was one that I remember watching Batman and Robin a few years later and and definitely d- disliking that one more. But what this one had that I loved about the early 90s, dude, Jim Carrey. I was obsessed with Jim Carrey. And rewatching this film, I think he's my least favorite part of it. <laughs> so just to be just to spoil on literally everything you just said there, I'm kind of the opposite where uh, I'm not super into superheroes. I, it, they're not my favorite movie genre. They don't really do anything for me. And I also hate Jim Carrey. Holy um, wait, like everything he's done? Close, man. Damn. Pretty close, all right, yeah. All right. There's really not a lot of things that I like from Jim Carrey. Um, hey, Zach, can I talk to you for a second in the other room? No. Um, <laughs> Dude, come on. The Mask, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber? I do like Dumb and Dumber. Come on. Ace Ventura, he was on a fucking roll. He was he was demanding $20 didn't, million. Dollars. Didn't like Ace Ventura. He's talking out his butt, dude. How can you not like that? Oh, yeah, dude. Awesome. <laughs> I hate you so much, dude. All right. So, but but it's funny because we're getting derailed. But <laughs> um, so it's funny because when we were talking uh, to a couple other people who we were watching the movie with, and uh, to you know just other people in general, when they think of that kind of string of Burton and Schumacher uh, Batman movies, a lot of people will say uh, Batman Forever is their favorite one. Or the best one, and after watching it again, I I don't think it could be farther from the truth. No <laughs> way, no way. Yeah, dude. it's and, terrible. And looking at it now, now we've got what Ben Affleck is Batman, but we look at you know as Christian Bale is kind of our Batman yes. from the Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Christopher Nolan's reboot in comparison to these movies, it's night and day. Like I, and that's not even a well, there's a pun there, dude. Night and day. You like that, dude? Anyway. So we'd consider Christian Bale kind of our Batman. There better not be a goddamn person on this planet that considers Val Kilmer their Batman. I, like, there I get, are, I get people. No, definitely no. are. I get people who like see Michael Keaton. That makes sense. Like if you were ba- born like right. around there, you grew up in like late eighties. That makes sense because he's a he has a commanding presence. No one better pick Val Kilmer and George Clooney as their Batman. <laughs> like that shit's crazy. I mean, Affleck's mine, but whatever. 
Even Affleck's better than those two, though. That's insane. That was a, that was an argument that we had when we were watching that movie with. Um, I remember. Yeah, yeah. People some were of the other people, people were arguing that Ben Affleck was worse than Val Kilmer. No, he's not. Disagree. No, he's not. Uh, and so that's what's crazy. We're talking about the tone here and the difference between Jim Carrey's manic, overacting, compared to Val Kilmer's very stoic, you know, slightly brooding Batman. Uh, it's just off the wall crazy, man. And we were talking about earlier. I feel like Jim Carrey set the precedent for the remainder of this shoot. Like everything was had to match his energy and and excitement, and it doesn't work. It was like they had all these plants to go in and just be like, all right, it's going to be a little dark. Um, you know, it'll it'll have a couple jokes here, but this is like they had this good idea of what they wanted this sort of a adult, darker Batman, and then Jim Carrey walked on set and they immediately had to change everything. They were like, Oh my god, he's gonna do this the whole time. Surf's up, big kahuna Jesus Christmas. <laughs> Lloyd Christmas, dumb and dumber, brings it all back. We're introduced to pretty much two villains in this film. Two-Face, portrayed by Tommy Lee Jones, plays the character of Harvey Dent, and uh, Jim Carrey as Edward Nigma. Oh, Enigma, dude. dude. Enigma, the riddles dude. in this movie piss me off to no end. Oh, they're so dumb. He becomes the Riddler. Um, and so when they're in the same scenes together, though, we were talking about it. You can't distinguish them. Like, they're the same person. They're both trying to, like, out-act each other or just over... Um, Everything's screamed, everything's yelled at the camera. It's just bizarre. Which is crazy when you consider who the two people competing at that energy level are. You got Jim Carrey, who's just always like that. And then you have Tommy Lee Jones, who's a very serious, very good actor. Yeah. And he's like trying to out Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey. That's, the a, entire that's time. a losing proposition, and my we'll friend. And t- we'll talk a little bit later, maybe towards the end of this podcast, about some of the behind-the-scene issues that came with this movie, because, my God, there are a lot. Dude, it's more fascinating, the production of the film, than the final product, by far. And we'll get into a little tidbit right now, though. I just want to touch on this. Yeah, how, go ahead. How much Tommy Lee Jones disliked working on this film with Jim Carrey. Apparently, Joel Schumacher, who wound up taking the reins over for Tim Burton... Disliked working with Tommy Lee Jones and Val Kilmer. Apparently Val Kilmer was a little dick and like went two weeks sometimes without talking to, to Joel Schumacher. He just said it was a very like, volatile set. But what's hilarious is that uh, according to Jim Carrey, he didn't get along with Tommy Lee Jones, who told him he hated him and his films. And uh, at one point, quote, I hate you. I really don't like you. I cannot sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> Can you imagine being told by that in Tommy Lee Jones? Imagine well, if he still well, had the Two-Face yeah, two mask. Because that's what's ridiculous. The makeup in this movie. Uh, it's like someone put fucking bubble gum on Tommy Lee Jones's face. Everything in this movie just seems very kind of out there. It seems that there's no real consistency. Like, is this like some sort of weird, dark, gothic city that Gotham City is? Or is it like this like bright, colorful, Adam Westy, campy Batman movie? Yeah. It's it's all over the place in terms of design. It's yeah, the sets in this are ridiculous. And w- w- Tim Burton's Batman is kind of similar in the fact that it's very over stylized, but mm-hmm. it's this dark, like baroque, weird Victorian esque. You know, the same type of style he's worked with in Edward Scissorhands and, yeah. and all those movies that that you've seen. You you know what you're going to get in a Tim Burton film, especially from that era. Now he's working in CGI bullshit. And I don't like. I haven't liked a film of his in probably the last ten years, but. Joel Schumacher decides to do this in this weird, everything looks so fake and false and there's not a moment you buy. No. We were talking earlier, Gotham City is this, the layout of Gotham City makes no sense because 
you know, there's these one weird, like, highways, like, in the middle of all, like, midway on all the skyscrapers, like, just in the middle of the sky, literally. Yeah. And then there's these giant statues. I'm not talking, like, a fountain-sized statue. I'm talking literally reaches the tallest building statues. Yeah. Just in the middle of the city. With conflicting themes. There's Jesus in one section, and there's gargoyles everywhere. Yeah. I think that they had some sort of plan moving forward with what they wanted in design in this movie, and then just kind of lost its way. Like, it's almost like that feeling where they would get halfway through, and Joel Schumacher would be like, hey, let's put this in here, or something like that, you know? Yeah, and what's sad is that it, it even gets worse in Batman and Robin. And I'll say... Batman Forever is a better film than Batman and Robin. It's not as cringeworthy, but it, dude, it's barely. Really, I and was I was going to say not by much. Going into this, I thought this was going to be you know head and shoulders above that film, and it's really not. It's barely better at all. But let's jump into it, man. Yeah. Gotham City. We start off with the infamous Joel Schumacher, you know, uh, intro scene with uh, bat bulge, badass, bat mm-hmm. nipples. Great. People were pissed off when this movie People first came out. Hated bat nipples. Do yourself a favor, pause the podcast, go look up, like, some of the controversy over the bat nipples, <laughs> and, like, what the internet's take on bat nipples are, and just come back. Schumacher has, like, been very public and open about apologizing for what he did to the whole series and whatnot. He thought he destroyed it, um, and he kind of did. He kind of did. His his idea is, I guess, to put nipples on him because he wanted them all to, he felt very greek uh, we wanted them all to be very mythological and cut like, you know, Greek gods. Yeah, like the statue David. Whatever. It makes sense, kind of, but it's it's stupid. But so we get this little thing. He's suiting up. <laughs> this is hilarious, though. Alfred, one of Alfred's first line, I think it's the first lines in the movie, actually, is like, do you want me to get you a sandwich, sir? And he's like, I'll take drive through. Oh, also, what's God. weird is uh, we never talk about the Bat Boys. Like, I can't remember off the top of my head because Michael Bat uh, Michael Batman <laughs> Michael Batman yeah dude <laughs> Michael Keaton doesn't change up his voice that much to do it and uh, same with Val Kilmer George Clooney doesn't either What's funny is like looking back on like Christian Bale's very dark Batman yeah. voice and then now Ben yeah. Affleck's got that weird like chip in his mask or yeah. some shit that changes it robotic like or whatever yeah, something um, stupid Do you think changing your voice as Batman is necessary I think yeah because you're Bruce Wayne like I think you do, I th- because you are the most famous person in that city. People have heard you talk. Yeah, not only that, but like you're the most famous person in the city, the most wealthiest person. You go to all these different galas and whatnot. I feel like Val Kilmer in this movie or Bruce Wayne desperately wants to tell people that he's Batman. He has like three scenes in this where he literally just is like I'm Batman, yeah, trying to like, get people to like, like listen comes to him. This close to telling Nicole Kidman, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he does later on eventually, yeah. but it's like he he keeps setting up all these things. Like you can tell. In this point in Batman's career, I guess, you know, he he's kind of, you know, he's feeling it like he's not in it 100 percent. And he's kind of kind of he, getting he's losing purpose a little bit. Yeah. A little run down, a little run down. Yeah. So there's this whole stupid hostage situation, bank robbery bullshit that Two-Face is orchestrating somehow. And it makes no sense. But we will get into Two-Face. Tommy Lee Jones, he's uh, the alter ego of Harvey Dent, who was the uh, former district attorney of the city. We get the little flashback, or a GNN clip, rather, which is the Gotham CNN network, uh, of this multi-camera like setup they had. I don't know how they beautiful captured this. Beautiful s- stuff. Cinema- yes. Cinematography, <laughs> Cinematography, great editing. It's yeah. insane. But like Boss Mar- Maroney or whatever throws this th- thing of acid on Harvey Dent. While he's in like the... Uh, 
witness on the witness yeah. stand, throws it into Harvey Dent's face. Uh, Dent covers half of his face with a folder, and then Batman fucking comes out of nowhere out of, like, the bleachers or whatever, jumps into the scene. It's hilarious. Literally the most chaotic court scene ever. Can you imagine reporting there or just being in that courtroom being like, <laughs> you just like, that's insanity. And did he know, did Batman know that was going to happen? Why is, is Batman, he already suited up and in a courtroom? Is Batman always sitting in on people that he puts away? Maybe, dude. I don't know. Maybe. Like, do they have to call Batman to the witness stand? I don't know. I don't know how it works. There's questions, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's questions that Schumacher questions did not <laughs> care to answer. All right. So the other villain we get here is uh, Edward Nigma, Jim Carrey. Enigma, dude. Oh my God. So he works at Wayne Manor or uh, Wayne Enterprises. Enterprises. Thank you. And he is, I guess, this scientist. He's working on this product, um, and he's obsessed with Bruce Wayne. I don't know who hired him, how he got past security or whatnot. He's got he, like newspaper like clippings yeah. of Bruce Wayne all over the place it's very i don't know it's creepy but so he's working on a device i guess that well first he says it's going to be like 3d television yeah or he says it's like going to beam television into people's brains which makes no sense because people are just watching tv i don't know i don't know what the hell he's trying to do but anyway finally gets to meet bruce wayne and he shows him this invention and bruce wayne essentially just brushes him off he's like he's like man no <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, we also get a little Nicole Kidman, who looks gorgeous, by the way, in this oh, film. Oh, man. She has not aged a bit. Not at all. She is beautiful. And she plays Dr. Chase Meridian, who I oh, believe okay. is a criminal psychologist. Yeah, criminal profiler, criminal psychologist. It's it's hard to pin down what her role is yeah, in this well, movie. She's, sometimes she's first on the scene of crime scenes, and it makes no sense because she's not a cop. I don't know why she's there half the time, but whatever. That's why I'm thinking criminal profiler, because they're like, ah, what do you think, Dr. Meridian? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after this little heist, which we didn't really get into again because it's it's pointless. It's so dumb. Like, and that's what all these action sequences amount to nothing because they're all the exact same. It's like, is Batman gonna f- solve this? Oh yeah, no, he is. All right, cool, everything's it's, fine. It, the whole thing is just one step forward and two steps back in this movie. It yeah, really is. It really is. And uh, so. I guess Gotham is kind of like a stand-in New York, right? Like, And it's been that way in the comics. Yeah, so it, I think it's supposed to be New York City. I mean, in this movie, we have a, a Statue of Liberty. Oh, yeah, it gets um, taken out by a helicopter, too. In the Dark Knight, I remember it's they're, they're on an island with a bunch of bridges, obviously, leading onto the island, much like New York City or Manhattan. Yes, yes. Um, so the signal comes up. Batman, uh, this is the first time we get a glimpse at Schumacher's Batcave or whatnot, and uh, I think he's got several entrances to the cave throughout his house, but the best one is the one that's right underneath his desk, I guess, and he's just like, chair, and he drops into this fucking toboggan and shoots down this insanity, insanity, but anyway, he gets to the top of the police precinct, which I think is where the the old bat signal is, and she is there, Chase Meridian, in like lingerie. She is thirsty for the bat like and she, like openly so she tells him she's just like it's sexual she starts it's outright sexual she starts stripping stripping she she grabs his tits dude she grabs his pecs oh that's right she grabs the bat and she literally tits. like moans when she does it she's like oh my god those oh, aren't his yeah, real that's pecs right. that's those just are, a that's rubber armor. <laughs> that's armor <laughs> nicole kidman so back to enigma bruce rejects the invention he doesn't want to see it but uh, Nigma wants to kind of present this to his supervisor, I guess, Fred Stickley. That's his name, Fred Stickley. There's this whole stupid scene where he pretty much desc- like describes what his invention does. He straps the guy to a chair. He puts this stupid thing on his head, and you just see like 
weird green waves traveling from his head to the TV, and then fish are coming out like it's 3D television. Yeah. And apparently, you find out this whole mastermind scheme is that he plans to suck out intelligence or IQ yeah. from people through this television machine. Yeah, he's stealing their IQ. It doesn't make them dumb. It just makes him smarter. I don't. It. I don't understand. Yeah, he's gonna be like the most intelligent carbon life form. So he winds up killing his boss and decides that he's gonna take this invention and put it on like all of the televisions in Gotham City to yeah, become he, the smartest person alive. He's gonna sell it as a 3D box. That's right. Yes. So th- this is the advent of t- 3D television, folks. Yes. Right here, 1995. Yeah. Which you know, of course, it's very symbolic of like, oh, look at all the dumb people watching the mo- watching the box. Yeah, no, fuck you. Let me watch TV. Exactly. No, I can't stand. Like, who the fuck are you, Joel Schumacher, <laughs> to be like, we're watching this piece of shit, and you're here telling me I get, can't watch Breaking yeah, Bad? Get away from me, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> So back to GNN. Now they're covering, I guess, an entire live broadcast of the circus for some reason. I don't. I don't nothing's happening here except for the circus is on. But they're going to oh, do a whole show of I, it. Yeah, it's like some sort of gala or something because all the richest people in Gotham are there, um, including Bruce Wayne and uh, Doctor Chase Meridian. I don't know why she's there. I think maybe as like a date. But we're introduced to the Flying Graysons, uh, these circus performers, which is... Acrobats. And let me tell you guys, this is when the movie really starts to get good. Yeah, I wasn't sure the movie could get worse, but it takes a hard right turn. Because we get a little... Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. God damn it. <laughs> so he plays, yeah, Robin, I guess you don't get that yet. Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson, yeah. So... Midway through this performance, by the way, this is also when uh, Bruce Wayne is now chatting it up with Chase Meridian, and she does this whole thing where her intentions throughout this movie change at a fucking, like, snap of your fingers, because the whole movie, she, like, I like Batman because, you know... Throwing he, like, herself Yeah, she's at throwing Batman. herself at Batman. And then she also likes Bruce Wayne, who you... I don't know how she can't tell that they're the same person. So, the plot line here is that she's... She starts dating Bruce Wayne, and they're legitimately going out on dates, having dinner. Um, you know, they've kissed a few times, but literally every time she sees Batman, she's like, "Come to my place tonight." Yeah. Like literally, yeah. at one that is a line at one point is like, "Come to my place tonight at midnight." But she's also doing this. But whole she's thing. dating yeah. Bruce Wayne. It's like oh, you suck. Yeah. And later on, she'll do this whole thing like, "Oh, I'm thinking of you, but I just, I'm thinking of someone else while I'm with you." And it's just a constant back and forth. And to be Bruce Wayne or Batman, whichever side you're on, you got to be pissed off at the same time. Like it's kind of cool that like you like both of your personalities are hitting on one chick, but at the same time, it's also got to be like, what the what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, Aren't you a psychologist? Like, what are you doing? It's a red flag, bud. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely red flag. And that's the thing is you almost expect her to become like Catwoman or a villain or or somewhat of importance. She means nothing to this plot. No, nothing. It's just the love interest. That's so fl- all it is. Yes, yeah, so the Flying Grayson's uh, Two-Face stops in and decides that he's going to, you know, take over this whole circus and uh, basically says he's going to blow it up if Batman does not come forward. And so the Flying Grayson's, I guess, decide to, like, try to take him out, right, or something like that? Yeah, They so they try and... Um they try and remove the bomb from the tent. Oh, that's right, because there's a comically oversized stupid bomb with a timer on it. Yeah, it's like a giant sphere. Yeah, it literally looks like a black bomb that you'd picture on, like, an yeah. emoji or something. It's like, ridiculous. I'm surprised it doesn't have it's a like slow a little wick. fuse. Yeah, yeah. Little fuse with a wick. It might as well. Um, but it also, the timer on that, if you watch that, it makes zero sense, because 10 seconds last three minutes or whatever. It's bizarre. It's dope. But... 
what's amazing is so uh, Bruce Wayne stands up and he shouts, "I'm Batman!" But because everyone's like screaming and running around or whatnot, no one can hear no one him, hears. even though he's literally standing hands length away from uh, yeah. Nicole Kidman. So Bruce Wayne like walks away to go get changed into his Batman outfit, and like everybody notices that Bruce Wayne walked out and like five minutes later, Batman shows. <laughs> so two face decides he's just going to riddle these people with bullets. So he shoots them with like a Tommy gun. Uh, the flying Grayson's Robin's brother, mother and father plummet to their death. Like if this was like a Nolan Batman, imagine like what that corpse must look like. Cause oh it's got God. 30 bullets in it. It's just fell like 50 feet from this high tower or whatever to the <laughs> ground. Yeah. It's disturbing. So all the Grayson's are dead and Bruce Wayne feels bad. So he takes in Robin, the only surviving Grayson. And He's like 25 years old. Yeah. What is he doing? I what is Batman doing? Like, th- this is how you make this movie kind of work. It's just cast a younger Robin. Like, cast a 14, 15-year-old cast kid. Cast a kid. Cast yeah. a kid. Cast a 15-year-old kid where it makes sense like he wants to adopt him. Why are you adopting a 25-year-old dude with I mean, an earring? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they clearly just wanted to get Robin in on this movie because it, it, what I think would have made sense, and this is a script writing hindsight, but what I think would have made sense is that Dick Grayson is a child when his parents die. You let him be a child in this movie. He doesn't become Robin in this movie, but you see Batman start to train him, and that opens it up for Batman and Robin yeah. in the next movie. Absolutely. That makes so much sense. And what's interesting is I guess they had a bunch of different people lined up to play Robin before Chris O'Donnell was cast. Apparently, they didn't take our suggestions in because none of these are younger at this time. <laughs> but check out this list of people, okay? Yeah. All 1995. Matt Damon, Jude Law, Ewan McGregor, Leonardo DiCaprio... Corey Feldman and Marlon Wayans. These are all better people. <laughs> well, yeah, they're all better people. But could you imagine like any Marlon of them in Wayans, this movie? Marlon Wayans incredible. and Val Kilmer, dude. I'm watching oh that God, movie. I, I am I, watching. I, that I movie. buy that movie on Blu-ray on for Blu-ray. sure. Special edition, 20th anniversary. Oh my God, dude. So, you know, a lot of this movie starts to blend together. He's taken in Dick Grayson, and after a lot of uh, bribery with motorcycles, convinces him to stay because that's the way to Dick Grayson's heart is. Tell him he can take Crotch one rockets. of the old. Yeah, yeah exactly. take he can take one of the old motorcycles. So uh, Robin is vowed like I will, you know, stay. He he still at this point doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman, correct? Yeah, but he knows that he has a secret because he's not allowed in certain rooms. That's correct. Um, and so he vows, you know, I will get revenge on Two Face for killing my family. And so at this point. Bruce Wayne is still trying to get, uh, you know, his love life in order with Chase Meridian. So he goes to her office and what's hilarious is he's outside and she, he hears like these punching noises. And so he kicks down the door or whatever. And she's inside her psychiatrist's office, like punching a bag, like doing cardio. I don't know. Boxing. It makes no sense. Whatever. Dude, she's badass, independent woman. She really is, dude. And she and it's Nicole Kidman. Damn. So good looking in this movie. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this is where we start getting some of these flashbacks because every single Batman movie, you better show their par- his parents die or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You wouldn't know Batman's <laughs> exactly. parents are dead if you didn't show a flashback exactly. every you single You gotta Batman see that movie. spider fucking bite Peter Parker right, every time. Exactly. No, and, for sure. But and, we get these flashbacks, these little like, <laughs> he has this line when it's like, I see these dreams when I'm awake, which I guess are just flashbacks or, or memories. Like, literally, literally <laughs> shut up, Batman. But he's getting all these like flashes of like bats and him falling through this, uh, you know, the the cave, which I guess was on the property at always, which is weird. 
So meanwhile, the villains are kind of getting their plans in order. Uh, we see Two-Face's lair, which of course is split in two, and he's got two ladies. One of them's right. Drew Barrymore, who's like the sweet side, and then there's like the darker side. By the way, the the lady, or the actress who, uh, on the darker side, yeah. they both c- cook him two different meals, apparently, and like one's dark and brooding, yeah, and the other's and like, like good. Meat, and the but other this one's was, like... Yeah, it was raw donkey meat. <laughs> That's what Ooh. she said. <laughs> Raw donkey meat. God. Oh, God. Disgusting. So Edward Nigma somehow found the uh, you know his lair. He comes in, and we're, we we finally see the Riddler costume, which is just spandex with like a bunch of question marks and a cane. And he, now Jim Carrey has this bright orange red hair. He looks like the guy from. Uh, <laughs> if it's it's honestly, I remember when I saw him pop out. It kind of reminds me of a combination of the character from A Clockwork Orange and his character from The Mask. Dude, it looks like... Yeah, it looks like he just snapped he's, into he's, a Slim He's gym. all over the freaking place. Um, So they team up, and it makes no sense because at this point in the movie, Nigma just wants Bruce Wayne. Yep. He has no reason to go after Batman. Um, yep. There's no nothing. But he goes to Two-Face because Two-Face specifically wants to kill Batman, and Nigma's way in is saying, like, I can get you Batman if you help me out with my plan or whatever. Why? Why would he? Help? Why would they team up? It literally makes zero sense that their plans have nothing to do with each other. I think the way they explained it in the movie, and I could be wrong, was that Two Face had sort of production means, so he could That's mass right. produce okay. this box. That's right. Yes. Okay. And sell okay. it to everybody, and he starts. You know, this is the new. TV craze, and so he sells everybody a box. He does the whole thing, like, I'm going to flip this coin, you know, heads or you live, tails you die, whatever. Obviously, he's going to live, because we got another fucking hour of this movie. Yeah. Uh, But I have to, we have to stop right now. We have to stop and talk about one scene. It takes one minute. It's literally a minute-long scene, but it makes, it it fucking confounded me. It's Robin doing jujitsu with his laundry. He is hanging up this laundry in the most insane way i've ever seen it it's like it, like alfred's watching him and like he's trying to be cool and so he's flipping around his fucking jeans on the clothesline yeah it's so stupid there's like karate noises like <laughs> <laughs> and he winks at alfred and it's like what are you doing it's to prove that he knows <laughs> how to handle skills, himself in course. a fight dude like he could be the next fucking batman dude <laughs> so uh Nigma holds this uh press conference he says that uh you know he, he wants to start mass producing these and now he looks like jim carrey like we know so he's dyeing his hair. His hair is growing, and show, it makes. I don't know how this happens. Wearing a wig or something. It doesn't matter. So now this is when Robin finds out about the whole Batcave and whatnot. He does this stupid maneuver to get into the the door. Yeah, that's, he does like acrobats to yeah. like follow Alfred in, and he quite literally falls into the Batcave. Winds up stealing the Batmobile. Um, and also an interesting little tidbit about the behind the scenes. Uh, Chris O'Donnell demanded that he drive the Batmobile. All of most of the scenes are all the stunt drivers. The first time he ever did it, he smashed into something and like. <laughs> oh my god! Sun. It's a classic of O'Donnell. Of course he did. I hate him. Anyway, so just to kind of move it along, Dick Grayson or Robin goes to. He's taking a joyride through Gotham City with the Batmobile to pick up chicks. That's not a joke. He's literally trying to pick up people. Um, by telling him that he's Batman or something, driving yeah. the Batmobile. Um, steals a kiss? Steals a smooch from a lady? Yeah. Gets in a fight um, from this gang who's got this neon glow-painted thing that is used in both Batman and Robin I was going to say, that comes Batman back heavily forever. in yeah, the next film. Yeah, it's big in the next film. Um, but so he gets in a fight, and Val Kilmer is, of course, pissed off. 
there's another fight between him and uh, Two Face. It's throwaway. It's bullshit. He tries to burn him, and he has this flame retardant like cape that he puts on, and it turns yeah. into this, it's really weird. Tries to blow Batman up, and and he ends up getting pulled out of the dirt by Robin. Yep. And so this is when Batman is like, "Hey, stop doing this. This sucks." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to be him anymore. Yeah. Um. And, you know, they, they get in this whole thing about, like, uh, like I won't rest until I kill Two-Face. And he's like, you don't want to kill, blah, blah. It's stupid morals that we don't care about. Meanwhile, the villains have sold their box and are draining everybody's IQ and learning all their secrets. Yep. And beforehand, he's been sending uh, Nigma has been sending him all these stupid riddles throughout the film that are like little clues to reveal his identity, which I don't understand why he wants to go through this whole process anyway. Like it's just a weird side plot of him continuously dropping off these elaborate <laughs> riddles and cards. And it's yeah. so dumb. They end up finding out the identity of Batman and it's Bruce Wayne, which, you know, works out for both of them. Yep. So it's Halloween at this point. Mm -hmm. Some trick or treaters come to the door in the middle of nowhere. Wayne Manor is miles from the nearest anything. And so I don't know. How, and they don't get picked up in a car. They're walking. So yeah. whatever. Then uh, Nigma and Two-Face kind of they put on fake masks or whatever. And they like, you know, they just stupid twick a tweet. Oh, yeah. It's really really bad but it oh. is saved by the next like shot which is alfred opening the door and then fucking clubbing him <laughs> holy god yeah they, and alfred is not like michael kane alfred in this movie by the way alfred is like an ancient old man he's an ancient old man the next i remember the next film half of it's dedicated to his like dying like, yeah, subplot like, yeah he's about to die <laughs> <laughs> so yeah they break into wayne manor they kind of but they don't uh Two-Face wants to kill Batman, which at this point, you realize Bruce Wayne is Batman, You've, you're in his house, and then Nigma stops him, he's like, no, we can't, we can't kill him. Why would you not kill him? You'd immediately <laughs> murder him. But that way, he won't learn a lesson. <sighs> That's Edward Nigma. Um, <laughs> so, they kidnap Nicole Kidman, or Chase Meridian. Chase Meridian. Dr. Chase Meridian. Dr. Chase Meridian. She didn't go to college for eight, eight years, years absolutely for not nothing. to be called dr you chase meridian dr dr nicole kidman gets kidnapped and uh so batman needs help and that's oh, yeah, when robin does. runs downstairs in a suit already in which case alfred mentions in a throwaway line oh i made it for him i tailored it when did you tailor when because he literally just that? ran away this has been like a day hasn't this been a day yeah it's been like no time at all it's like it's custom fit for robin what are you doing alfred? alfred's a goddamn wizard yeah man. i was gonna say alfred you need to bring these talents to life. you need to make some money off this if shit. alfred was alive in the 1600s they'd have burned him at the stake oh absolutely he's a goddamn witch wizard yeah so, so now we're brought to this island in the middle of the ocean and i guess it's this is where all the brain waves and juices are going because now jim carrey is now in like a white and green spandex glitter suit and he it's almost like his head's starting to deform like he's it's almost like getting a little bigger <laughs> too smart dude he's too, too smart it's growing He's outgrowing his brain. And so this is the climax of the movie. So we have this whole stupid thing where, which every hero has to, you know, decide. This is the Dark Knight scene. Like, who are you going to pick to save? Are you going to pick your, you know, yeah. your partner or because, your lady? Because Robin has shown mercy to Two-Face and in doing so uh, was kidnapped. So he has to pick between Robin or... Dr. Chase, Dr. Meridian. Chase Meridian. And if, uh, if so, yeah, who are you going to do? And of course, he winds up saving them both because he's fucking Batman. He's fucking you Batman. know what I mean? And Two-Face does this whole thing. He captures him again. And they're on this, like, beams. And he's like, I'll throw my coin in the air again to see if I'm going to kill. Like, just kill this kill. What him, are you man. doing? Yeah. But, but, but this is hilarious because Batman apparently has, I don't know, 20 
fake coins that are all the same as oh, his. Yeah. And he throws this like thing of coins, and that's how Two Face dies. He's like fumbling around trying to find yeah, his coin. Yeah, he like falls, falls into a death. pit yeah. of spikes trying to catch his own coin. Why does he like out of all the cool gadgets that Batman has? He fucking coins, he just has dude. like coins. He throws them, and that's how that's Two-Face how he dies. dies. And uh, the Riddler. Goes crazy. Yeah, he's now disgusting, and he's just like, "Why can't I kill you?" <laughs> that pretty much wraps it up. He goes to uh, an insane asylum, uh, Arkham Asylum, I believe. They finally introduce that. Yep, Arkham and, Asylum. And yeah, then they do that stupid long run down the hallway of this weird bat spotlight in the background. I don't know where they are or what's happening, but it's the same exact shot that ends Rob, uh, Batman and Robin. That is the uh, confusing and terrible tale of batman forever so uh one of the things that we wanted to discuss was some of the behind the scenes issues that they had with this movie and we touched on it earlier where tommy lee jones wasn't getting along with drew carey and joe schumacher drew carey? can you imagine oh drew, <laughs> the drew carey oh show God, that'd be yeah. i'd watch that movie dude. yeah absolutely drew carey's the riddler jim carey <laughs> and uh the director and the main actor aren't getting along yep and Chris O'Donnell goes on record after Batman and Robin of saying, I think we took it too far. Yep. I don't think we should have done this. <laughs> like, Chris O'Donnell is trashing the Batman movies. Yeah, you guys need to go on YouTube and just search. I think it's like cinematic something of the Dark Knight. You should look it up. It's like a six-part documentary on the movies leading up to Batman Begins and whatnot. And it's actually hosted on the Blu-rays by Chris O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. But then it goes into all these like fairly new-ish interviews with some of the actors and whatnot. And new-ish, I just mean after the film was released a couple years after. So they have you know some perspective on it all. Joel Schumacher apologizes, apologizes for yeah. these movies. He's yeah. like... He's like, you know, if I if I ruined Batman or if I didn't do justice to the movies, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, another interesting little tidbit, uh, who was supposed to play the Riddler, uh, Robin Williams was actually offered the role, was going to do it when Tim Burton was, was scheduled to direct, um, but I guess he was going to play the Joker in the very first Batman, but they used him as a pawn to, to convince Jack Nicholson. They were like, Robin Williams is going to take this role if you don't, and which is why Jack Nicholson took it. And then when Robin Williams found that out, he was like, fuck you, I'm not taking in this role. <laughs> I'll do Jumanji instead, dude. <laughs> so that that's crazy. I don't know if I would have liked Robin Williams in this movie. Dude, I just anyone could have been really anyone could have been better than Jim. Like, and it's it's sad because I, I know you may not like him, but dude, like the early nineties Jim Carrey was just Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, The Mask. There was so many, and he's done some The Truman Show. He's done some great like serious work too. But, I like, do love The Truman Show. If I had to pick a Jim Carrey movie, we were talking about if I like any Jim Carrey yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah. Obviously, like The Truman Show. And, Eternal uh, Sunshine. Sp- it's, yeah. For the most part, his serious stuff's better. But this movie, they gave him way too much creative control. And I think he was probably the highest paid actor in the entire ensemble cast. And I think they just gave they gave him way too much too much of this movie. Like yeah, he, should it, not, he is in more of this movie than Batman is. The problem is that I don't think anybody either wanted to. Nobody reeled him in. Yeah. He should have been reeled in, yes. and whether or not they just couldn't, or they were like just trust in him, like he will he will deliver people, which they weren't wrong. I mean, we we talked about the numbers, how well this movie did. I they did what they accomplished to set out, which was make a Batman movie that people apparently liked mm-hmm. and went out to go see, and that you know he did that, but. 
looking at it in retrospect, my God, like, what the hell was going on? Yeah, also, he was going to originally shave a question mark in the back of his head into his scalp, all right, whatever. He couldn't do that because he was currently in uh, divorce proceedings, and he had to keep going to court oh in between God. shooting the movie. It was not allowed. This movie just gets better and better, man. <laughs> like, the the behind-the-scenes stuff of this movie is so much better than the actual it movie. It really is. It really is. Um, but, man, that's Batman Forever. We get a little kiss from a rose from Seal, finally. Is it in the movie? I don't remember. I don't recall it, in it the being movie. in the movie, but no. I remember Joel Schumacher directed the music video for this. This movie won MTV Movie Award Best Song from a movie, obviously, dude. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think it's in the actual movie. Moving on. So that's Batman and Robin, my friend. Forty on Rotten Tomatoes. No, it does not deserve a forty. I'm saying like, if Small Soldiers got a thirty. It's honestly about as good as Small Soldiers. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Okay. Um. So I cannot remember what Batman and Robin got on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Batman and Robin is considered one of the worst films, technically of all time. It's actually yeah. on IMDb's top or worst bottom two hundred fifty. Like everyone is decided that yeah. they dislike Batman and Robin. I can't remember what that got. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that that movie got a zero. <laughs> you know, oh, for, if, for if, we're, tomatoes. if we're basing it off of that, I would say that it is 20% better than Batman and Robin. Sure. Yeah. I'll so I will go ahead and say 20. All right, man. I agree with that. Um, this is the crazy thing, though. And I was thinking about this on the way over here. If you told me right now which movies you want to watch, I'm going to watch Batman and Robin almost every time. Over Batman Forever because it's a funner experience. Yeah, no, we've actually very recently, not for the podcast, but we yeah. watched Batman and Robin. Just for the hell of just it. Just for the hell of it, and it was so funny. Yeah, you get a couple beers, that's a good night with friends. That Batman is... and Forever, while it does have some of those moments where he's just confounded at like how this came to the screen, it's, you know, it's for the most part 90s big budget, you know, blockbuster filmmaking, and it's kind of just forgettable. What Batman and Robin has going for it is that it commits to the campy really well, and it makes it easier to laugh at how bad it is. This... Ice to meet you. Ice to meet you. This movie, though, Batman Forever, doesn't really commit to the campy. It commits to still trying to be a Batman movie, and I think that makes the bad parts of this movie a little bit more glaring and not as funny as they would have been in Batman and Robin. So I think that it has that going against it in terms of watchability. Yeah, when you're trying to be funny, which is what Jim Jim Carrey is not for a second trying to create a villain. He's just doing his normal shtick that's gotten him, you know, the millions of dollars. And so yeah. when you're trying to be funny and it falls flat, it's not funny. Batman and Robin is funny because of the shit that happens in that movie. And, and while the puns are, you know, definitely written tongue in cheek, they're still it's just so terrible that it's that it's hilarious to watch. And it's a fun, exciting time. Also, uh, just one last behind the scenes thing to I want to go over. Apparently in Batman and Robin, George Clooney demanded a bigger uh, cod piece, cod piece <laughs> which is uh, for those who don't know. A uh, little piece of the armor that goes over your penis. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's so many shots of that in this movie, too. Just dick shots and butt shots. Very it's very strange. It's a weird movie. Doesn't belong in Batman. Not good. So, that's Batman. Oh, my God. Let's never talk about this again. <laughs> let's never. Let's forever never talk about Batman forever. Uh, <laughs> 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 Take a bow. Everybody come to me. Kiss my ring. <clears throat> <laughs> 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 <laughs>
All right, well, let's uh, tell our viewers where we're traveling to next week. Uh, we're hitting the year 2000. First time we're breaking the 90s. Yeah, this is going to be our first uh, turn-of-the-century movie, and we are going with Titan After Earth or Titan A.E. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. I'm excited to talk about that one. I love Titan A.E., so I'm excited to watch that one and just kind of dive in because it's, you know, this awesome sort of like space genre adventure thing that really kind of fit into that Star Wars thing that I was into. For sure. For sure. We'll see if that holds up, man. We finally got a Facebook page up and running. Yes, absolutely. So go on Facebook, uh, look up Nostalgia Be Damned, like the page, follow us, uh, tell your mom, tell your kids, tell uh, your neighbor, tell your neighbor's neighbor, which is probably your dad um or just your other neighbor right if it's your neighbor's neighbor well i mean don't get pushy or cat or the cat (laughs) (laughs) also tell us some suggestions for movies you want us to do in the future i know upcoming here within the next month or so we're going to start doing a couple movies that either one or both of us have not seen because we just want to kind of switch up the, uh, the 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 format a little bit just mm-hmm. because I think it's interesting to watch movies uh, from that time period that you'd never seen before. Yeah, so we're gonna be looking at a couple movies with fresh eyes. We're gonna keep it a little thematic too. Once we start getting into fall, we'll start watching a couple fall movies, maybe uh, some Halloween themed movies come uh, October. Bruh, 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 bruh. But uh, yeah, follow, subscribe. Please uh, share this. Let your friends know so that we can keep this train of chugging. And uh, again, just want to thank everybody who's already been listening. Uh, Just a quick update because a lot of people have been asking, but in a startling and uh, quite honestly what people are calling terrible idea, I have decided to represent both uh, Brandon and myself in our upcoming lawsuit with the network. Um, I'm going to bring justice to this podcast and to the viewers, and I'm going to do that for you. If I go on the witness stand, I swear to God, I'm throwing fucking acid in your face, dude. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and end this before it goes any further off the rails. Before it goes on forever? Batman Batman forever. forever. (laughs) We got it. We got it, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Brandon. All right, peace out, everybody. Have a good day. Live your dreams. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) There used to be a gray and tie.